0: Welcome to the New Abbey Podcast. We are a Jesus community telling the biggest story of God in Los Angeles in 2020. We're excited that you're joining the conversation with us today. Enjoy. So we always jump into conversation time here. You can click in the conversation time button uh, that's on your screens or click the uh, Zoom link that is available to you. Again, this is the last Sunday of the year. If you've been avoiding conversation time all year, now is your moment to jump into that Zoom group and to hear other people. And uh, we have this question for you, which should be taken as simply or as seriously as you would like. What do you want for Christmas? Enjoy. couple nights ago, hanging out with the kids at the dinner table, and Bryce begins to talk about the Christmas story. And then Caden is praying. And then while Caden is praying, uh, he says, she talking about God in a prayer. And then we get get into this beautiful conversation about God's not male and God's not female. Um, because God is just anything. And this is just like classic, right? Progressive pastor, my kids are at the dinner table. These are the things that we're talking about. Like everyone else is talking about the NFL or something like that. And then Bryce starts to ask the deeper questions of life. So he's like, God doesn't have a mom or a dad? Seems unrealistic. Uh, then he's talking about, well, Jesus is a boy, because he's a boy, so that's really important to him that Jesus is a boy. And so, we, you know, we get into all these bigger conversations. And then at bedtime that night, we get into these bigger conversations where we say, isn't it amazing that we always get to keep learning? Isn't it amazing that we don't have all of the answers about God? Isn't it amazing that we don't have all of the answers about ourselves? Isn't it amazing that we don't have all of the answers about the universe? that all of those questions that you asked at dinner, you're gonna spend a lifetime continuing to ask them to God and with God and other people. And isn't that incredible that God is excited about that? And I love that we can always have these expanding views of God and that we can get rid of the limiting views of God. Uh, About three weeks ago, uh, Bella had been coming into our bedroom every night and sneaking in, and I was just, like, exhausted and would wake us up, and she was just going through a season. Maybe she was having bad dreams, Uh, but eventually one day, I was talking to her alone in the room, and I was saying to her before bed, you know, don't come into our room tonight, because if you come into our room, Santa won't bring you presents, And Krista said, did you just tell her that Santa wouldn't bring her presents if she came in our bedroom? I said, a thousand percent I did. I said, we don't have any God guilt in our house. I got to use a little Santa guilt. It wasn't the good old days when I grew up where I was terrified about eternal damnation at a five-year-old. We got to give them something to work with here that's going to keep them in line. Some views are expanding. Some views are limiting. The reality, though, is how can an expanding view of God eventually lead to an expanding view of yourself? And how can an expanding view of yourself eventually lead you to an expanding views of others? That's where we're going. But to do that, we've got to talk about some things. We're going to talk about Noel. And if we can talk about Noel, yes, the Disney one with Anna Kendrick. Come on, if you haven't seen that Disney Plus $6.99, worth your time. Then we can talk about Jesus the Christ. And if we can talk about Jesus the Christ, then we can talk about the space between. And if we can talk about the space between, then everybody's favorite topic on Sunday, December 20th, the Council of Nicaea, my friends. Yes, I heard some yeses in the back. Yes, Council of Nicaea fans. Not like the Council of Trent, am I right? (laughs) Uh, Then we're gonna get in the weeds, not weed for some of you fans, 30,000 feet. And if we can go at 30,000 feet, then we're going to talk about our limitations. And if we can be honest about our limitations, then maybe, people, we can leave 2020 and enter into the roaring 20s once again. And if we can get into the roaring 20s, then we can talk about some endless expansion. So we're watching Noel as a family, and I realized what an incredible movie this is that this is a movie talking about the expansion of somebody's beliefs in who they are to who they'll actually become. I'm not gonna do too many spoiler alerts for you, but in the movie, what happens is Anna Kendrick Noel Kringle, the daughter of Santa Claus, realizes that she loves Christmas and that in the movie, her father passes away, Santa, and so her brother is the new Santa and the new Kringle in town, and they are preparing and training him to be the new Santa, but things are not going well. And so Noel steps in to try to help him out, and in doing so, says, maybe you just need a little bit of a break in some warmer climate, and you should head to Phoenix for a weekend off Maricopa County. Any fans out there? And so uh, the Santa Claus, or Eric Claus, goes off on a little break and doesn't return. And then it sends all of the North Pole into an existential crisis and question about who is Santa? And Noelle goes on the hero's journey as many movies do and she chases after her brother and in doing so ends up asking bigger questions about herself and that the entire North Pole asks bigger questions about who can be Santa Claus. Does it just have to be a man? Or maybe Santa Claus could actually be a girl as the movie says. And so uh, here's scene from Noelle. Santa, I got you a new scarf and check this out. Three weeks to a jelly belly. What happened, Mother? Santa, I thought you were at sleigh practice. Mm-hmm. Santa tried to land again. La 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 la. He missed the roof and hit the den. La 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 la. Thank you, Santa's helpers. It was a horrible example of what can go wrong when you're using well outdated technology. After cousin Nick crashed. Oh, the... cousin Gabe, I'm sorry. Did you just refer to him as cousin Nick? Shouldn't you be calling my big brother Santa? Oh, I'm sorry. I just thought that since we were all family that- Well, he's Santa to you. He's Santa to everyone. He's even Santa to himself. No, actually I'm pretty informal when I'm alone. Just Nick. I think I called Nick Eric before, but what are you going to do? Nick makes a lot more sense, right, saying Nick? But anyways, you get the point. So what am I going to do? Am I going to really make an analogy between Noel the movie and the incarnate story of Jesus the Christ? Yes, I am, so bear with me. What Noel is going through is that she has these limiting beliefs about who she is and who Santa is, and eventually it will turn into a larger story about who she is and what Christmas can actually be. That we all start from a specific version of a narrative and then that narrative expands and it gets bigger. That for the earliest parts of the church, the church was asking these bigger questions about Jesus. That there was these early apostles, which just simply meant ones who actually experienced Jesus in real life or the resurrected Christ. That they were the people who shared this good news in the world first. They were the 12 who had experienced Jesus in the flesh. But eventually that generation would die off or they would be persecuted and there would be a growing, expanding story about Jesus in the world. And what's so interesting is that in the first century of the church is that the Jesus story wasn't big enough to hold the good news about God's coming kingdom that eventually there would be an apostle who would come, the apostle Paul, who experiences Jesus on the road to Damascus. And Paul never tells you a story about Jesus because Paul never experienced the risen or Jesus in real life, experienced a resurrected Jesus later. I'm going to get into some weird minutiae at first, it feels like theologically, but this is what the early church was wrestling with. They were wrestling with these bigger ideas of who God is and who is God specifically through Jesus. And so what Paul will do is that Paul will introduce us to the Christ. Paul will introduce us to this universal or cosmic idea of Jesus as the Christ in this world. That what Paul knew right away in his travels around the Mediterranean world is that if we kept the story just about Jesus, that that story would be too small because that story was so specifically given at a very specific time and place in history, that there's all kinds of other people that need the message and the truth of Jesus, but it needs to be freed from the shackles of a Jewish or Palestinian man living in a very specific place as a carpenter. And so Paul introduces us to this bigger concept in the world. And Paul will constantly tell us this narrative about the Christ, that the Christ is for everybody, that the Christ is for uh, every single human being. And so when you read the letters of Paul throughout the first century, Paul is constantly telling us about the Christ in a different way. Let me specifically put this in a way that makes sense for how the Bible actually works. That the Gospels of Matthew and the Gospel of Luke are the only two Gospels that actually tell us the Christmas story. They only tell us a story about the nativity or the birth of Jesus that in the Gospel of Matthew, it's the most Jewish of all of the other Gospels, that the Gospel of Matthew tells a very specific story about Jesus being born into this world, and it even gives very specific Jewish narrative events that take place. There is a king, Herod, a Jewish king, who sees that a new king is coming into the world and he kills all of the firstborn sons. It's a Jewish narrative that harkens back to the story of the Exodus, that the nativity story, that the birth of God into this world— in the Gospel of Matthew is allocated and relocated to a specific time and place in geography and history that works for Jews who are eventually going to follow this way of Jesus. Eventually, the Gospel of Luke will give us a nativity story, a birth of Jesus, this Christmas narrative that is more expansive and welcomes other people into it. That in the Gospel of Luke, we hear larger narratives that Jesus hasn't come just as a Messiah or a Savior for the Jews, but that Jesus has come and born into this world to bring peace to all people. That this is good news for all of humanity. That the story just got bigger. But eventually, we'll get to the Gospel of John. I know this is some Bible nerding out here, but I hope you got some notes ready and you're following along with me in this. And when we get to the Gospel of John, there is no story of Jesus being born into the world. Instead, it's this cosmic explanation that God has come. It's this realization that the story always has to get bigger. The story always has to expand because the story is forever everybody and for every person follow along with me in John chapter 1 it says this in the beginning the word already existed and the word was with God and the word was God and he existed in the beginning with God God created everything through him And nothing was created except through him. And the word gave life to everything that was created. And his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. That what John is doing compared to the other gospel writers is that John is telling a cosmic or universal story that invites everybody into it. This word here for the word is this Greek word, logos, which is this universal or cosmic word. It's the same word that Paul will use in his letters. uh, It's the same meaning behind the word that Paul will use for Christ. That what these gospel writers are inviting us into is a bigger story. Because the beauty of the Jesus story is that we need both. We need a Jesus who is born into a manger. We need the blood and the sweat and the tears and the figuring it out of a child being born into the world and growing up and suffering and figuring out his humanity and leading us towards the path of God. That's the beauty of the Jesus story. That a cosmic God, a universal God who holds all things together would come from the infinite to the finite and meet us in our own limitations that God would meet us as a human being so that we can best understand this God narrative. But the Jesus story also invites us into the Christ narrative, that this Christ has always been, was always there, was the one that initiated creation in everything, that this story is not relocated or allocated to just a person that was born into the world, but that God has always been, that we need both as human beings. There are times that we need to feel and experience and get into the weeds of something. And there are other times that we need a story so much bigger than ourselves. Something that pulls us out of the weeds of our daily lives. Something that gives us hope and a belief that this thing can hold literally the entire universe. But you need both at the same time. Because there are times if you just have this larger concept of who God is, there's parts of you that miss the opportunity for relationship or connection or the feeling that this thing can be held or hold you. But if the thing is only just human and it can be held by you or it can hold you in some way, but it doesn't have some more depth and breadth to it, sometimes we can get lost in a personal version of the story that misses the cosmic implications of what God is trying to do in the world. The power of the Christmas story is that it holds both. The power of what John is trying to do, he says, yes, you've been given the story about the birth of Jesus. Let me tell you about the Christ, the Logos, the word, this cosmic idea that's always been, will always be and holds all things together that John gets these ideas from Paul, that the gospel of John was actually written after the letters of Paul, that it was during the period of time between the writings of Matthew and Mark and Paul's writings that we get the last, probably one of the last letters written, which is this gospel of John, which is an invitation to this bigger narrative of God, that Paul even says very similar words to what John said in Colossians 1. He says this, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. You need both. You need a visible image of something, of something that's invisible, something that you can touch and taste and smell and something that's beyond you. This is why the incarnation that God is fully human and and fully uh, God is so beautiful for us. That he existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones and kingdoms and rulers and authorities in the unseen world, everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else and he holds all creation together. And aren't there times where you need that story? That in a year like 2020, when everything seems out of sorts, when no government, no vaccine, no leader, no narrative can hold the complexity of 2020 together. But a story that we can always lean back into is one of a cosmic Christ who has always been birthed into this world, who holds all things together. It gives us hope and comfort. There's the reality that, of course, this God holds all things together. And what is the evidence for that in this world? You're here. You're listening to this sermon right now. You made it to December 20th, 2020. There were times this year that you didn't know how far you were gonna get. There were times this year that we had these massive existential questions for America or for the world or for humanity, and yet we're here in this moment, breathing, feeling, listening, experiencing. The complexity of how we got here is different between all of us, but you are here because there is a cosmic Christ that holds all things together. That sometimes you'll need the intimacy of the Jesus nativity in your life. And sometimes you'll need a God who can bear and hold all things in a different way. That the early church and the Council of Nicaea, I know you're waiting for me to get there, was asking these larger questions themselves. That in the early church, they were asking these questions because up until about the year 315, uh, all of the different churches had different leaders and different bishops, and they had slightly different versions of the Jesus narrative, which was okay. That they had a narrative that fit their understanding of the world for specifically where they were at. But then Constantine comes along as the emperor of Rome and has this moment where he encounters Jesus and decides to make Christianity the official uh, religion of the Roman Empire which before that time, Christianity had been persecuted by the Roman Empire. And now in this moment, the church begins to become codified and there are narratives that we are all basically going to agree upon. And the beginning of those narratives in the Council of Nicaea or the Nicene Creed is simply about this idea of who God is and what God is. And it begins with this reality and this understanding that God has always been and that God is fully human in Jesus and that God is fully universal and cosmic in Jesus. That it's trying to paint a picture where humanity can be held by both, where humanity can use both. It's the thing that makes Christianity so unique. It's this invitation into union with God. That's what the story was inviting us into. And the Council of Nicaea provides an opportunity for early Christians to experience God in a much bigger and fuller way. What's so powerful about the Christmas story always is the reality that when Jesus came into the world, the world was incredibly difficult for most human beings. That all of the Roman world was slaves, that most of the Roman world was in servitude to other human beings. And why the Jesus message was so powerful is that it brought light and hope to everybody regardless of where you stood. That the Jesus message was powerful because it brought good news to the slave. As Paul says, there's neither slave nor master. There's neither male nor female. There's neither Jew nor Greek that in the world that Jesus was born into, it very much mattered that you were a specific type of Roman citizen male and you were the only people who had power in this world. And the good news spread rapidly from 12 people to tens of millions of people 300 years later because the good news was proclaiming that there was a cosmic story that was already in place and awaiting everybody that the invitation was that you can experience this Jesus firsthand, but also it was a bigger story that there's a universal God who can embrace everybody regardless of where you come from or regardless of who you are. That those words of Paul are so similar to the words that we say at the beginning of New Abbey every week. Whether you're male or female or trans or gay or straight, or by, whether you're Republican or Democrat or poor or rich or moderately incomed or black or white or Latino or Asian, there's a million different things that make you human, but at the end of the day, you're human and you have value and you have dignity. And that this story has been baked into the fabric of the universe from the very beginning. That the Jesus Narrative in the birth of Jesus in this world gives you a taste of that thing practically in your life. But never forget that this has always been the story that God is trying to present to the world. This is the invitation that we've been given into it. And so, what I see in these narratives is simply this I see that what John provides us that the other Christmas nativities don't necessarily provide us because we need both is it gives us an invitation to 30,000 feet, it gives us an invitation to have a larger perspective of the world. It gives us an invitation that God didn't just come in this moment and everything else was shit before that. It's an invitation that, yes, God comes, but the reminder of the Christmas story is that God is always coming, that God keeps returning, that God constantly is showing up in your life. And the story of John is that there's this cosmic universal force that has always been holding all things together, that there's power in that that you need in your life, that for all of us, sometimes we need to move to 30,000 feet and be reminded of the fact that we're here, To be reminded of the fact of how far that we've come, not only as individuals, but corporately as human beings, that God has always been present in our lives, that God meets us in the limitation of who we are as human beings. And what John invites us into is that the story of Jesus needed to expand even for it to work in the Roman world that the story of Christianity expanded over those 300 years because they didn't just tell the story of a Jesus being born in the world, that that story over time eventually expanded to a cosmic Christ who has always had the ability to hold all of the universe together. And so why I bring this up on the Sunday before Christmas is, do you see that the story of Christmas has always been expanding? that there's a story that meets us in the finite and that there's a story that meets us in the infinite. And if the story that's within the Bible, that's if the story that's within Christian tradition and history has always been expanding, how might that lead you to a bigger story that's expanding in your own life? How might you not accept limiting narratives or beliefs about your own life this year wherever you find yourself? What if there's a bigger story about who you can be and what you can do in the world? And what if that's the power of the good news, that it's always reminding you of the capacity that you had as a human being? That's powerful. What if you don't have to accept any limiting narratives that 2020 might have given you? What if you don't have to accept that there's a story of darkness that's too powerful for you? What if you can accept the story that John 1 gave you, that the light always overcame the darkness? And how do you know that? Because it always has, and we're here now. And if the light has always overcome the darkness even up to this point, regardless of many moments in history where it seems so bleak that people couldn't go on, imagine how the light will continue to lead through the darkness even moving forward. And if we can hold on to that narrative, that there is a cosmic and universal Christ who is pushing humanity forward through the darkness into the light, imagine how we can live our lives into 2021. Imagine how we could have bigger narratives for ourselves and imagine if that view of God can expand. If God is not, no longer limited to whatever th- belief that you were given in your family of origin or that church or that narrative or what your youth pastor told you, but as you can see your own faith and your own narrative expanding, imagine how as you expand your view of God and you expand your view of yourself, how you can grow in your expansive view of other human beings. That's a Christmas miracle. A Christmas miracle will be, can we expand the way that we see others? And that if we do that, how can we change the world together? That's what God calls us into as we head into 2021, New Abbey. God calls us and invites us into a bigger story where the biggest story of God is constantly told. And that the story that God needs to tell in 2021 is different than the story that God told in 2020. But that God wants to tell that expansive story through your expanding story. And as your story grows and gets bigger, how will you plant seeds in others that they would believe their full potential, that they would believe the good news, that they are made in the image of God, that they are beloved by this God, that they are children of this God, that they're actually enjoyed and pleased. That's the work that God invites us into every Christmas. A narrative that is birthed in the still dark rooms of a manger and is big enough to hold the entire universe as it grows within each and every one of us. And so Noel, where we were going. Noel Kringle, at the end of this movie, eventually has this realization that she has all of the magic that the Kringles have always had. It's not her brother. That she stands before this like, high court of elves, and they eventually say to her, well, Santa can't be a girl. And then you know, everyone looks around in this movie of like, what, are you kidding me? Of course Santa can be a girl. How could we ever have such a limited belief of who Santa can be? All these normal, complex things that we're talking about. And what Noel Kringle begins to believe is, oh, I'm the one that has all of the magic that Santa has always had, that she moved from this limiting belief that Santa had to be her brother to this bigger belief that she can hold the Christmas magic within herself, that it's the story of Christmas. It's this bigger belief that the Christmas story holds magic in itself, but expands and grows and the light moves into your life and is offered into the rest of the world. And that the gift of Christmas is when you realize the expansive story that's within you, and can you offer that gift to others. When I was a little girl, Christmas Eve was always the best night of the year. But this time it was better than ever. Because instead of getting the presents, I was giving them. Oh, I hear the ahs in the background. And so New Abbey, may you end 2020 well. May you end 2020 knowing that the light will always burst through the darkness. That wherever you find yourself, whether this year has been filled with blessing and goodness, or difficult and heartache, that you are here. Would you know that the light will not only keep you here, but the light will move you on into 2021? That there's an expanding story of God that can only be told through your narrative, through every facet of it. Would you offer that light to others? Would you allow that light to break through the darkness and be a gift to everyone? Go in grace in peace this Christmas season, New Abbey. Amen. Oh yeah, we also have a question to ask. That was a classic pastor move. How can your expanding view of God lead to a more expanding view of yourself? Enjoy.